Caribbean Eyes show. Today we're going to talk about bongo stray dogs. Uh, we're entering into the holidays and uh, yeah, I got some more stuff in store for you today. <laughs> the JBNI show. I am your host, Isaac the Firehawk Middleton. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Absolutely. As we enter into the um, holidays, um, there's several things that we need to keep in mind as we travel, go to and fro and such like that, and just, you know, either put it to the back of our head uh, for future planning or put it at the forefront for uh, planning purposes. And and that's like, you know, if you're going from one side of the country to the other side and it might be hot where you're at and you go into a cold area, you need to keep in mind that you need to dress a, 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 accordingly. Right? So... Remember, if you're going from <laughs> Florida to New York, it's going to be way colder in New York in December and November than it is in Florida, all right? So you have to dress accordingly. You have to plan accordingly, you know. And you also need to plan and for the trip because I know seemingly every year, if you're traveling to Chicago, I love Chi-Town, <laughs> But sometimes they get snowed in, they have to shut down the airport, all of this stuff happens, right? And if you don't plan for it, a potential, uh, you know, that it can happen, you might be left SOL, you know what I'm saying, out of luck, okay? So, those are some of the things I wanted to bring to you guys' attention today as we enter into the holidays and move, cruise into the winter season, you know, and uh, so you got to plan for your trip. Even if you're just driving from one side of town to the next, you know, is is still planning accordingly. And it, it may not take as much planning, but you still have to have some plans in there because you don't know what might happen. An accident could happen that might close a road and you have to go take a detour and such like that and if you're traveling with kids that can be a strain on your mental are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet wrote a song about it are you there yet <laughs> all right so all of that is very important okay so um just you know plan your travels and such like that and make sure you have your proper 
uh, equipment, tools, clothes, you know, and and such like that, depending on where you're going. Especially if you're going out of the country to a different country, you know, whether it's for vacation purposes, sightseeing, or even visiting family. Make sure that you plan accordingly because things happen and that's just the way it is, you know. Sometimes you might have <laughs> your clothes and put it in check bags and you, you get to your destination, but your check bags is in a different destination. You know what I'm saying? So now you, you, you're like, oh my God, all of my winter clothes is in uh, Pennsylvania and I'm in New York. <laughs> so you got to plan for that potential issue as well. Is it, I mean, having a plan is better than having nothing. Some organizational uh, substance is better than nothing at all. That's my opinion. Yes, you're going to have to adjust it and adapt it. That's normal. That's expected. It's always an adaptation to it to a degree. You know, so you're always going to have to make those particular adjustments and such like that. That's fine. But just make sure that you have a plan and in place that you can uh, make some adjustments to it, you know, so planning for it. Um, the, one of the other things is that we tend to overestimate the fun we're going to have and underestimate the planning that we need to put into it, you know, and, and sometimes things happen, you know, uh, you, you don't go on vacation to work yourself to death. <laughs> you go on vacation to take a vacation, to have fun, to enjoy yourself, to relax and recuperate, all of that stuff, you know? And if you coming back from vacation and it's not a what they call a good tired, like you like, you know, I had fun, you know, that was a lot of fun. That's that's good, you know. If you're not like that and you're like, man, I need another vacation for my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, what I would suggest is just, you know, go back through it and see where you forgot to have fun at, you know, because the whole purposes of taking a vacation, enjoying the holidays is enjoying the holidays. Now, the other thing I wanted to, to motivate those of you who um, dread the holidays, not everybody is looking forward to the holidays. I'm just going to be honest with you. Not everybody's looking forward to the holidays. That's just the way it is, okay? And for those of you who are not looking forward to the holidays, my heart goes out to you guys. You know, I understand to a degree what may be the cause of this. It might be it's a reminder that you're away from family. You know, you might be stuck at work and you can't take a vacation I'm, I'm just saying these are the realities of this world and your family would love to see you but you can't you know get there you know for one reason or another or it even might be that it reminds you of a loved one that's no longer with us and you miss that person and you know in the holidays is a reminder of what y'all used to have together I get it you know, uh, what I want to encourage you is to, you know, go and 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 talk to, you, uh, you know, your psychiatrist, your your counselor and such like that, your shrink, your doctor, you know, and and try to find ways to um, establish 
a camaraderie to help you get through this holiday season. I'm not saying it's going to be easy or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is uh, people out there and organizations out there that's more than willing to help uh, help you get through this. Okay, that's what I wanted to say to you guys because I understand. You know, I understand because like a lot of times it might be something as simple as just can't afford to go back home right now. You know, you, you got to grind through the holidays and that can be depressing, you know, and, and you, know, you, you might not be able to call home or, you know, and, and talk to people and such like that. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but these things happen. Okay. Uh, you're not alone. You know, uh, there's help out there. Okay. So, Yes, um, for those of you who, who are dreading the holidays for those particular reasons and such like that, you know, just know that there's help out there for you and such like that, okay? Alright, now, <clears throat> for those of you who are going home for the traditional stuff and you're going to see family and y'all go every year, just make sure that you plan properly and because I remember, I think it was either last year or the year before. Wait a minute. Let me, let me. Okay. It was either the last year or maybe four years ago. Because it was, it was either before the pandemic or after the pandemic. Few people got locked in their cars in a cold climate. And you know, when a car it has no power, it has no heat. And the people that were stuck in the cars had nothing to keep themselves warm and some of them had some um issues because of the winter they were stuck in the snow and unfortunately they didn't have any items to keep themselves warm and they had you know when the rescue teams were able to get to them they had to have medical attention and such like that and you may not be able to avoid the sudden blizzard storm or whatever the case may be. And I might put you in a situation, but you might be able to uh, plan for it. So you have like a thermal blanket or something to that effect to help you if you do happen to get in that type of a situation. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying you're going to be able to plan for every potential possibility because the uh, uh, possibilities are endless because it's a if thing, you know. And so uh, you do the best you can. And so I'm just bringing it to your attention so that you know that these are the things that you got to keep in mind. Always check. And um, I think I don't remember what government website it is, but they have a travel advisory. So you can look up any destination, wherever you want to go. You can check the weather, check the plane thing, you know, the, the plane flights and such like that. And, and, and all of that, you know, renting a car and everything like that. Now, you might not be able to predict every potential uh, thing that might go wrong, but having something in place is better than having nothing in place. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have a few friends of mine that they're really into fitness. You know, I, I work out as well and I struggle with my weight all my life. That's just been the way, it, <laughs> the way it is, you know, 
I've been fortunate enough to have family and friends to support me in my efforts to uh, keep the weight off and everything like that. And I've had an active lifestyle that attributed to me being able to keep the weight off. But, you know, every so often it does, you know, creep back in there and I got to fight it again. You know, battle of my uh, bulging stomach. <laughs> um but, you know, I want to encourage you today that you can do it. Um, holidays usually is more difficult to try to lose weight if that's, you know, a, a particular focus for you. Because, you know, you have Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, you got family gatherings, you got cookouts, barbecues, all of the above. <laughs> you know, so it's really easy to gain weight during the holiday season. I understand. So what I want to tell to you is like, you know, plan for it, plan for these days. You know, um, like for me, I give myself, let's see, Thanksgiving's on a Thursday, right? So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, leftovers. <laughs> Monday, back at it on Tuesday, all right? So, you know, just kind of kind of plan around it and plan for it and such like that. And then um, another thing that attributes to uh, gaining weight is drinking a lot of alcoholic beverages and soda. Too much soda can also cause you to gain weight. So all of these things are manageable, you know, um, keeping your workout schedule. Sometimes when we get on vacation, we're on vacation. I get it. But if you, before your vacation, you know, people, we already done stopped working out. We haven't worked out in weeks before our vacation. So we planning for the vacation, but we are already operating like we on vacation. You know, continue your workouts until you go on vacation and then enjoy yourself. And then when you get back from vacation, jump back into the workout. I do understand it's easier said than done, but I want to encourage you today and remind you that you can do it. You know what I'm saying? You can do it. And just getting back into the gym, maybe 30 minutes 30 minutes a day is better than nothing at all, okay? One of the things I usually do when even after I get off work, when I get off work late or uh, such like that, I, I try to get in the gym. So I get in at least 30 minutes, you know, and 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 just get in there and just, just you know, do it, you know, keep the grind on, keep the pressure on, you know. I have my fast food days and stuff like that, and that works for me. I have my... um. I have my fast food days. I have my days where uh, it's like a special occasion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have my special occasion days, you know, which is all good, right? And so, uh, but I also keep in mind, okay, I got to make it to the gym today. Okay, I got this things lined up for today. And it's all in time management. You know, if you manage your time well, you can get it in there. And if you're only doing 30 minutes workout, you know, you throw in 30 minute workout and most gyms, they have a shower so you can shower there, you know, uh, 30 minute workout, get in the shower, get, get, you know, and then get yourself together and head to your next spot. You know what I'm saying? Time management. So there is some planning going that goes into it. It is effort that has to go into it. But I wanted to let you know that you could do it. You know, it can be done. Uh, it's not always easy. 
you know, but it can be done. And that's where discipline comes into play. Discipline goes into effect when the motivation of saying it goes to doing it. <laughs> you see, a lot of times we'll say a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then here comes the action of doing what your words say. And that's not so easy, you know, because we were like, oh, man, I got to. I don't feel like working out today. You know, I, I got this report to do. <laughs> oh, I got a meeting. You know, whatever the case may be, right? Oh, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> but you got to gird up and get it done anyway, you know, and just get in there and grind it out. You know, I have friends of mine that are really into fitness and their work ethic and their discipline and dedication is just immaculate in their consistency and one of the part of staying motivated is reminding yourself why you're doing it you know what i always do is i remind myself okay i did not like the way i feel when i was overweight i did not like that feeling um i i, I didn't like it and i remind myself of that and that kept me going that kept me pushing forward i'm like oh yeah i'm going i'm going to the gym because i don't want i don't want to feel like that no more you know so it's, it's, it's just different tricks you got to do, different things you got to do to get yourself used to it, to think, get yourself, you know, focused on um, on doing it, you know. And, and once you get in that grind where you're just like, OK, yeah, I'm going to bust it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to I'm going to do this right. You golden. Now, um, it's said over and over again that it takes 21 days to develop a good habit. Right. So if you keep doing this, keep grinding, staying consistent, consistency, staying consistent, you know, using your discipline, you know, even though we don't want to do it, pushing yourself and getting in there and do it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a form of pain that you got to deal with. It's not a pain in the sense of someone poking a needle in your arm, but it's a pain in the sense that you got to go against what you instinctively want to do. Like you instinctively want to not go <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> you instinctively want to go to sleep, <laughs> want to do whatever. But you got to push yourself through that and go to the gym anyway. So it's a pain in that sense. So I would call it a mental pain. You know, it's a mental pain you got to deal with. Okay. And that's that endurance factor. But I want to remind you that you can do it. You know, and when you say consistency, Consistency. When you stay consistent and in that consistency will allow you to develop that into a good habit and you you're, you will actually start feeling strange and weird when you're not working out. I'm like, man, it's time for me to work out. Oh, I'm on vacation. You know, you could probably still do a couple of push ups in there. <laughs> we in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm doing 25 push ups in Hawaii, y'all. <laughs> absolutely so just you know just stay focused and and just 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 get it done you know you can do it okay all right i just want to you know put that motivation plug in there for those of you who are coming into the holiday season and you know want to you know want to get that motivation to keep keep going to the gym and it's actually it'd be easier to keep going 
and go through it now while you're in the holiday season. So after you get back from vacation, you can jump right back into it and you don't have to worry about the new year resolution curse. (laughs) Oh, snap. So you can just flow right on into it. Okay. That's, that's, that's what's up. You know, I, I believe that you guys can do it. So getting in there, getting in the gym, knocking it out, you know, get developing that consistency, developing that endurance and, and even working on your discipline as the more time you say yes to the gym, even though you don't want to go, the more time you go like, yes, I'm going and you go, you are developing your discipline. You are chiseling that discipline. You're, you're, you're polishing that discipline. You know, you're cultivating that discipline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and in that, you know, you, you also, uh, encouraging yourself and other people, believe it or not, because people are going to see you going to the gym like, man, Isaac back in the gym again. I need to go. I need to get in the gym. I'm not going to let Isaac outdo me. (laughs) Hey, it's, it's it's like that, you know, whatever it takes, you know, to get that, get that discipline in there. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's real. So that's something that I know that you guys can do uh, to stay focused, to stay uh, dedicated to your goals, to your fitness goals. This is some fitness motivation for you so that, you know, you can continue to plug away at it, continue to um, get it done and, and, and go accordingly. You know, you might have some good fitness days where you're like working out and you're just like, man, I can lift the gym today, <laughs> you know? And then you might have other days where you'd be like, man, five pounds is too heavy for me right now. <laughs> but don't, don't be discouraged. You know, we all go through it. Okay. Everybody have those down days, but it's that discipline that k- kicks in and be like, all right, gird up, get to the gym. Okay, coming up next is two guys who know their stuff about sports. Um, it's a great honor to be able to work with these two gentlemen. And I learned so much in regards to sports just listening to these guys just talk casually. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, with no further ado, I'm going to bring to you guys uh, the Sports Bag Bros. That's Trav and Bias. <laughs> Yeah. What's happening? Either in sports or something about sports, and we stick with that one topic for the duration of the show. Last week it was running backs. A lot of times, if you watched this enough, you knew it was some type of boxing. Today, in honor of one of the greatest linebackers of all time, Dick Buckus, we had to get after the linebackers. Come on now. You know, the news came across right when we finished the show last Thursday, or at least that's when it came across to me. And, you know, we've been looking at it and speaking about it ever since. So, well, you know, it may have happened during the show, but, you know, we don't check our phones while we're while we're doing the show. So, yeah, you know, that's I, true. I think I think I saw it maybe 30 minutes before kickoff Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we got off, I just happened to check and it says Dick Bucket. That's when I text you about it. I was like, oh, snap, Dick Bucket. And once again, you know, these players – these legendary plays, these aren't even guys we watch play ourselves because he was retiring when we were either born or too young to watch football or do well, you know, know what, what's going on. But 
you feel it because you've seen him so many other times, even outside of that. Anytime someone referred to anything, it was Dick Buckets when it came down to defense. Right. You know, they have, they have a girl <clears throat> named after him. You just Dick Buckets. You saw the videos, man. Yeah, you could grow mm-hmm. with those. And if mm-hmm. videos and all that, you saw him. I feel we gotta give a shout out to NFL Films because NFL Films has brought past football greatness to that's true. us growing up as kids and even people coming up behind us. You know, that's how we, at least that's how I learned about players from the past. Yeah. You know, and John Facenda with his amazing I was voice. <laughs> um, NFL Films, man, tip my hat to you. They did an awesome job. And, and I hope there are people out there, younger kids now, because they seem to be so lost with what's going on today. Even the ones who follow sports, they're not looking back, way back. To, you know, they're looking at the here and now. You know, the people that think Floyd Mayweather the greatest because that's who they hear and that's who social media push. And they watched him do it. So I understand he that. He pushed himself, too. And he pushed himself. And we're in that age where even when Muhammad Ali pushed himself, you know, pushed himself on it, you know, that was a new age of things. But it wasn't this social media age where everything is so magnified and it's pushed out there so much and people just grasp it and hang on to it and take it as gospel because it's in their time. But anyway, right. with John Facenda, the old Lombardi, a certain magic still lingers in the very day. <clears throat> Come on, man. <laughs> the guy was phenomenal, man. All, everything. The frozen tundra. The frozen, man, everything that we know of the NFL from old school came from NFL films if you had worked in much. Yeah. So anyway, with this starting off here, we're going to come with our linebackers. Not necessarily the greatest linebackers of all time, but they'll fall into the mix too, I'm sure, because they need you know, need some attention too. But Buckus, we're going to mention people we think that Dick Buckus would have been proud of as well. So I think that might be helpful. <clears throat> yeah, I think Buckus, um, he was the standard bearer for the guys that came after him, right? Absolutely. Um, he, he played um, they didn't throw the ball so much back then, but he, he would get interceptions. He played pass fairly well. But if you came across the middle, man, you, you're putting your life at risk. But he 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 excelled in stopping the run. I mentioned it, I think, on yesterday's show. Um, he tackled a linebacker, a linebacker, a lineman, to get to the ball carrier. He tackled both the same play. He was in his way. Hey, I'll tackle you, too. That that man was amazing, amazingly fierce, amazingly tough, and I think somebody he would be proud of, or probably was proud of, watching Jack Lambert. Jack, Jack Lambert, a, a guy that's certainly on the list. You know, I'm a Jets fan, but I've always been a Jets and Steelers fan since I was a kid. You know, back when you're a kid, you go with the team that wins the most, and living in New York and getting to those Northeastern games, we saw Pittsburgh, and it happened to be a time being born in the early '70s where they were winning and they were dominant and the mean Joe Green and names like that. The mm-hmm. whole defense, you just kind of knew those guys. So, yeah, I yeah. was a Steelers <clears throat> fan because of the winning, but I was a Jets fan because, well, you're living in New York and they're the Jets. Now, you know, the Jets are first, Steelers second, but still, Jack Lambert, how can you not count Dracula and Cleve? Come on, <laughs> that's what they call them. And I think, I think the play that epitomizes Jack Lambert that lends him uh, being – uh, to to Buckus's preference or likability was in the Super Bowl when the Steelers kicker missed a field goal and the Cowboy player came over to talking junk. He grabbed him and threw him down. You ain't talking junk to my my kicker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, 
that that's being the leader. And besides being the leader, he made plays. He was a, a nine-time All-Pro. Yeah. So you know he he was he was strong. Of course, he had a great defensive line, the Steel Curtain. But if running backs were lucky enough to get past the Steel Curtain, they weren't the too lucky to get past him. him. Right. <laughs> the luck ended when they got to him. Exactly. And, and I don't know, players today, not even players today, but I think fans today, younger fans, I'm going to go back to what younger fans think because they think so differently. It's not even just one generation. Now we're two, three generations ahead. And the way they think, they look at someone like Jack Lambert, they wouldn't even give him the time of day because they see these monsters out there today in their eyes. <clears throat> Jack Lambert, six foot four, 208 pounds. And I remember John Facenda, I think, mentioned it. The size of what Altoon was as a receiver in the 80s for the Jets, you know, but still it doesn't take away from his tenacity and what he meant to that defense and the way that he played, all the intensity that he played with and just his nasty streak. No one wanted to get on his bad side. And you still had Jack Ham on that same freaking team yep. in the linebacking court. And, but it was Jack Lambert who set the tone. And if you got past, like, like Brian said, if you were lucky enough to get past that front line, your luck ended with the linebackers. <laughs> yeah, and they had safeties that would come up and crack you too, man. That there's no, it was no accident they won four Super Bowls. Oh, no, nah, no, no, no accident at all. You go on the offensive side of the ball, the same thing. Terry Bradshaw, you know, was he a great quarterback? I think he was a quarterback of a great, great team. You had even Rocky Bly at the fullback spot. We know Franco Harris, who just passed away last year. We had him at the running back spot. The two receivers, we already know what's going on there. Come on, Star yeah, Wars and, and Lynn Swan. Swan. I mean, and then, uh, and then um, Mike West at your center. I mean, come on. I mean, it was nothing but Hall of Fame on the both side of the ball. And you get four Super Bowls out of that, both back-to-back. <laughs> so this is a dominant team, man. And Jack Leverett, defensively, even though Joe Green got his credit, Elsie Greenwood was there, I think Jack Leverett faced that defense. Probably, I, I think so. Well, if he'd have thrown a soda, poking a smile to a kid, he probably would have been <laughs> taking the defense again. Save that one for me and Joe. But yeah, I always thought that was, that was a cool commercial. Oh, that was I, a really yeah, cool commercial. I think they did a reunion of that commercial years ago when that young kid and they had him and Joe Green kind of come together. Uh-huh. He's an old guy, not a kid. <laughs> and Joe Green's right. an older mean Joe. It was cool. I, I saw, I saw a, a similar commercial over recently i can't remember who it was um but it was the same type of thing it, it might have been kelsey i, I don't know i, I don't know <laughs> um but the yeah, they, they, they bit that old coca-cola commercial the one thing i i never understood about that commercial they show him drinking the whole bottle with no purpose now if you drink if you drink soda you know you can only drink but so much before yeah. it starts hurting your throat I don't believe he drank the whole bottle. Yeah, I've heard stories about that. I've seen stories written about what he had done. They said that it was really soda. It wasn't. It wasn't something else. It was actually soda. And they said that even producers looking at him like, Is "This guy crazy, man." <laughs> Seriously, I'd have burped it all. Would come out my nose. I'd have been on my right. knees. <laughs> oh, take cut, cut, cut. Forget about it. But Mean Joe was certainly mean, and that soda went down smooth as if it was water. But Jack Lambert. Excellent linebacker. I think the face of that Pittsburgh Steelers steel curtain defense. Like he there, play in 1976 as well. Another there, year there have been play. some some tough defenses, some really great defenses throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, people say the 85 Bears, or, you know, we're honoring Dick Butkus. He, I don't think anybody was fierce, was ever as fierce as Butkus. But if the Steelers defense fought the 1985 Bears defense or the Butkus defense, it, 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 it would be a wipeout. Because those other, those, Buckets didn't have enough tough guys alongside him. Like, like the Steelers did. Be the only guy. You, know, you can talk about Elsie Green and, and Mel Blunt and those guys. I mean, oh, come I'm on, man. Much. And then 85 Bears, I love them to death, but I, I don't see nobody in that tough category like the Steelers. Mike Singletary. Besides Dan Hampton. Dan, Dan Hampton, as tough as anybody. Yeah, but, Dan Hampton, I heard about stories with him. Mike Singletary, I guess, would get a little a nod for the toughness as well. The French, maybe as a running back, not as a defensive tackle like they wanted to be. But yeah, man. So I guess I'll just go out here and throw a running back. Well, uh, running back. See, still <laughs> throw a linebacker out there. I'm going to go back a little bit, too, in the same era as Dick Buckus, Ray Nitschke. You and I talked a little bit about him off the air yesterday. Not that we watched him play, but this is a guy we spoke about how he scared the hell out of me as a kid. I'm looking him <laughs> up in a dictionary, the World Book Dictionary. Of an dictionary encyclopedia, I see him. I'm like, oh, bro, you gotta stare at the ceiling all night because you don't want to go to sleep. This guy looked fearsome, let alone yeah. playing the way that he played. He was a fearsome player as well. Yeah, he was. Um, but he was the one that got hit in the balls twice by uh, <laughs> by crew in the longest yard. So if you're not sure who Ray Nitschke was, that's him, the one who they who he just threw the ball straight. And his balls and everybody came and piled up on top of him. But <laughs> as a as a player, Brainiski was as tough as they come as well, man. That that dude, he'll take your head off. Yeah, he looked apart. He looked scary. You know, Count Dracula and Cleese, like we just talked about with Jack Lambert. This guy was just mean and nasty looking in Cleese, out of Cleese. But I uh, hear he was a nice guy off the field, but he only need, needed to be bad at a tough when NFL, at a time when NFL players were tough mean and nasty that was in the 60s as well in the 50s a little bit and um with him five championships before super bowls came around well when they started doing super bowls he picked up two of those as well the first two with the green bay packers so that's mm -hmm. my guy right there to, to lead it off after you have <clears throat> jack lambert ray nitschke the green bay packers so my next guy i'm going to say like you, you mentioned, maybe not top 10 greatest, but somebody who deserves some mention, Robert Brazil, Houston Oilers. He was on the all-deck, all-70s, all-decade team. I believe he was uh, all-pro two or three times, second team four or five times. Uh, they called him Dr. Doom. <laughs> um, you know, those Oilers teams weren't very good. They had Earl Campbell, Little but everybody knew about Dr. Doom. He was laying him out, Doctor Doom, but but God, I mean, shoot, that, that kind of blew me away because not too many people <laughs> are gonna have him on the list. I mean, seriously, but yeah, it does come down to what kind of linebacker you want to put on it, paying homage. I mean, to, he was good enough to make the the all decade team, right? So he oh, deserves yeah, a little shot. He had to be somebody. They didn't just put him out there because well, we had to have everybody represented. <laughs> you know, like literally baseball, nah, not, like, not, not like the baseball all star team. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so that's one that I didn't think of. But, yeah, he belongs there. And I think if anybody you come up with within reason would be someone you put right. on the list. You know, you Now, again, know. we're not ranking these guys. This, oh, this no, is not, not our top five guys. or top ten. We're just, we're just honoring 
badass linebackers. Yeah, and the people that Dick Buckets would have said, yeah, I like the way he played. <laughs> That's it. And a, a tough guy like him saying that about other tough guys, he probably would have said it about a few defensive people as well, defensive ends as well. So it's not just linebackers. Well, for this one, it's linebackers, but he would have liked quite a few of those um, defensive linemen as well. I got one here, a New York Giant, Harry Carson, in the Hall of Fame as well. You know, you look at his numbers, the numbers don't, don't really shoot out after you. He was a two-time first-team All-Pro. Typically, you would think if you just went by the stats, that's not enough to get into the Hall of Fame. But if you watch them in being in New York, obviously New York area especially, you he's have bias every Sunday. And he's coach bias. He's what? He's coach bias. He's coach bias. You know what? <laughs> bias. <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? Bias. I'm not, not referencing my, my nigga. No, he, no he, was, he was legit. He was a tough player, but two times all pro, but nine times as a pro bowler. So he's been recognized as a top player, and he was. He was a top player with that Giants team. Now, everything <clears> changed when Lawrence Taylor got there. Yeah, but, you know, because the, the big names on that defense, George Martin played the defensive line, and he played linebacker. And then Lawrence Taylor came around and just pretty much owned everything. Yeah, but yeah, Harry Carson, somebody I had to throw out there. That's back when he had come from an HBCU, South Carolina State. And that's back when HBCUs had all of the talent because of obviously segregation, you know, from a little further back when he got it played. So um, getting talent from the HBCU ranks back then wasn't anything new. In fact, I think at one point, almost 10% of all Hall of Famers were from HBCUs up until recently when they kind of just threw everybody in there because of COVID. The number got pretty distant. But Harry Carson, someone I threw out there. So you went middle linebacker. I'll go Mike Singletary. Um, oh. He was the, he was the captain of that eighty five Bears. <clears throat> excuse me, eighty five Bears defense, uh, nicknamed Samurai Mike. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure if there's ever been a more intelligent uh, middle linebacker than Mike Singletary. Uh, Buddy's Buddy Ryan's forty six defense was complicated and. And he had to learn it, but he had the willingness to learn it. He sat with with Buddy Ryan and watched film, and went over, you know, what what offenses do. He had that dedication, and <clears throat> you know, he was the leader of that defense. He, he was the one to make sure everybody was in the right spot. He had to see how the offense lined up. It's like, okay, maybe we're not right lined up. You come over here, yo. You move over. I mean, you can see him. Him in Montana, Montana would call an audible, and then Mike Singletary would call an audible. Joe Montana would call another audible. Singletary would call another audible. Montana would call a timeout. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. Playing chess. Um, yeah, he was he was on top of it. You know, uh, people give Manning so much credit for all the film he watched. I think you got to give the same credit to Mike Singletary. He he was the same thing. He was diligent about watching game tape. But not only that, he was an eight-time Pro Bowler and he was de Defensive Player of the Year twice. Yeah, and you think about where he came from. He came from Baylor, obviously. They talked about the crack helmets, which he was doing down at Baylor. But then Buddy Ryan was looking at him as a fat kid when he first came. I heard this story about He thought he was just a little fat kid. And Mike Singletary was almost repulsed that he thought that way. He was like, are you kidding? You call me a fat kid? I'm supposed to be one of the best players out there coming from Baylor, and you know, he was like, Man, you're not even like you're not even five ten, five nine, or whatever, like that, and kind of you know, throwing shade at him. And but he had to test him, serious. but he had to test him. So, but he did test him, but he's as old school as they had gotten, you know, of, of 
a war veteran. If you watch Buddy, just saw how he went about his business, even in his interviews, no nonsense guys. You see his sons as they came up with Rex and his twin brother. You see how they came up. But Buddy Ryan, if he's gonna, he's gonna, if he can, especially for rookies, he wasn't giving rookies any slack. And back then you didn't have to. Now you got a coddle But back then, <laughs> talked all that nonsense to Samurai Mike, and Mike became that player that he is, trying to prove Buddy Ryan or try to make Buddy Ryan proud. I think he said. And right. he more than did that. Yeah, he sure did. Um, like I said, he was the leader of that defense on the field, and he he performed at a high level. Okay, you got a first-hand experience of the Sports Bag Bros. You can find them on YouTube. I'm going to put their link in the description below. And also, uh, all major digital podcast platforms so check these guys out if you want to get your daily dose of sports you see what i'm saying <laughs> all right sports bag bros and thank you to you gentlemen and uh yeah i'm dude yeah if you guys like anime y'all are going to like bongo stray dogs and I'm a, I was a, been a big anime fan, and I just learning a, now about the light novel and the manga. For whatever reason, I didn't even think that it would be a manga <laughs> for Bungo Stray Dogs. It just kind of went over my head. Now the genre is action, mystery, supernatural. All of these guys are like really excellent now because it's a manga it surrounds tokyo and you know they're going to mention tokyo several times japan and everything and um the um protagonist is the armed detective agency now we depending on what episode you you look at or you watch you might find uh dunzai uh in there as the main antagonist or nakashima or uh I can't pronounce the other person's name <laughs> but these guys are uh immaculate characters and they have uh really good powers you know and, and it was one guy he can make anything but it can only be the size of his book which is you know fairly small but you'd be surprised how many different weapons you can create <laughs> that's that size and um it it follows the flow of you know they have the gifted they have um the you know bad guys you know but at the end of the day even though there's two factions fighting against each other because of you know justice and crime and all that stuff like that they end up teaming together to uh fight you know, higher level bad guys, for lack of a better word. You know, you got your, you got your street level bad guys. You got your um, god tier bad guys, and then you got, you know, your earthbreaker bad guys. You know, world breaker, whatever. I say earthbreaker. <laughs> you know, and then you have your average everyday bad guy, and so depending on the circumstances, will determine who uh who the story focus on and so that's why i said the armed detective agency itself is the protagonist 
And then you got the other guys, you know, that are pretty much the antagonists. But uh, there's, you know, several twists and, and plots that you will definitely enjoy when you read it or when you watch it. You know, depending on um, what you read, because the manga is a little bit different than a light novel, which is also different than the uh, anime. Now, in my opinion, I think the anime is different because of the cost. It it, it it costs a lot to produce an anime, you know, but the uh, the Japanese manga series is um, written and illustrated by uh, two different people, which has been uh, serialized in a magazine and also uh, a series, a, uh, uh anime. And every it takes a little while for animes to come out. That's for those of y'all who watch anime understand that some some animes. Oh wow! I think Bleach was the longest one that I know of for sure that took almost ten years before they came out with the next season. <laughs> it took a while before they came out because, like you know, um, Mongo Stray Dogs, you know, an anime in general. It, it, a lot goes into the animation process and depending on who they hire to animate the story, they have, I don't say they have to, they should give them time to, uh, create this, this story. Uh, in some cases, not always the case, you know, it was a concern at one point, uh, for them, um, being properly paid for their time and such like that. That was a uh, concern and I don't know if it's been alleviated or whatever, but you know, uh, that's, you know, also why, you know, a lot of people have been like asking them to give the animators more time, give them more pay and such like that. Uh, Bungo Street dogs has been out for a while. Uh, it's been out since 2014, uh, the manga, uh, I think the cartoon has been out since 2015 or 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Now, they have been around since then. And so it's been, they've been out for almost 10 years. They have, I think they have two movies out concerning them. And, um, and each, if it's, I know one movie for sure, cause I've seen that movie, but I, been told by a friend of mine who that they have another movie out either another movie already out or another movie's coming please correct me in the comments if i am not correct but it's definitely uh intriguing you will definitely enjoy watching it the one of my favorite ones is uh nakasima because you know he he you know is like like a hybrid i can't think of what they call him but he's like he's a gifted but he's like a hybrid so he has like a tiger uh powers or whatever when he has his tiger or a he had to learn how to use his powers because initially he thought that the tiger was separate you know it was a, a totally different entity he didn't realize that the tiger was him and also the father of the orphanage whom he depicted as the bad guy was actually a good guy looking out for him I, and and it a lot of it didn't make sense. I don't want to talk the whole story if you haven't seen it yet, because I can get excited and just go <laughs> go into it and just talk the entire story. And you'd be like, "Thank you for spoiling it for me, there, Isaac. I appreciate that, buddy." 
Oh no! And so, but I wanted to definitely show some love to Bongo Stray Dogs because they uh, have been around for a long time. The characters are very well developed. They take time and developing each character so you understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Even the uh, uh, so-called bad guys, you know, you un get to understand why they're the way that they are, even though you may not agree with the actions they're taking you understand that okay they're doing this because of this you know and and i i really commend uh manga light novels and animation anime in general for taking time out to develop the characters and and make it you know uh natural so they're uh have like you know certain quirks if you would uh, not in my, my my hero academia sense, but you know they have you know their own types of problems that they got to deal with, you know, and that's 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 normal, you know. So they fall in love, they get hurt, they cry, you know. Um, Danzai seemed to be obsessed with suicide, and his special gift. <laughs> it took me. I mean. You know, they had it like a mystery initially, and then they, they basically eventually just come out and tell you what his special gift is. And I was like trying to guess it the entire time, and it took me a while to try to figure it out. <laughs> Once I finally was able to figure it out, I was like, okay, I got it. I got it now. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you know, and and uh, he was actually a bad guy initially that became good later on. So he started out as a bad guy and uh, because he wanted to fulfill a promise to his friend who uh, uh, ended up getting killed, uh, uh, you know, and he made a promise to him and he kept it. I mean, he literally kept it the same day, the same moment. It was like not a preparation thing. He was just like, boom, and he's gone <laughs> and he's a good guy now, you know, but uh is is really good that he is a good guy because this dude is like even without his powers he's a master thinker you know and and it had this one uh i want to say movie where they utilize their powers turning against the the person and so basically whatever their gift was that's what was trying to kill them so if they i mentioned the um uh, the Kazima earlier, he had tiger power. So basically his tiger was trying to kill him. And so he had to figure out how to defeat his tiger before his tiger defeated him. And it, and it was able to work it out. And I thought that was cool because they didn't paint themselves into a corner, which does happen sometimes in anime. And they have to come up with some wild <laughs> a solution to make everything work. Now, sometimes that makes it even better. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I make it even better. You know, as a, uh, a big anime fan myself, I, I look forward to seeing what kind of ingenuity stuff that they come up with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And and I also I like the cosplay and stuff like that and and all of that I I enjoy it I really do and so I'm actually in the process of creating my costume for Halloween. You guys can have inputs in there and let me know what you think I would be best uh, to cosplay. What character you think would best that I'll be best suited for to cosplay uh, this year? You know. Or next year, whatever, you know, just let me know. Put it in the comments below, whatever, you know, email it to me. I'm, I'm cool with it, you know. 
um, because of the uh, goriness or the uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that happens during the anime, which is most anime, uh, it gets a, a rated R rating. It's not suitable for kids, <laughs> you know. Now I know I can you can find it on Crunchyroll. That's one of my favorite anime platforms to just binge watch whatever anime I come across that I think is interesting. You know, um, I talked about um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, as an example. That was fun to binge watch. You know, <laughs> Overlord is another one, but you know, uh, Bungo Stray Dogs is also definitely really good and I um just the, see the different characters and how they have their powers develop and how they use their powers and everything like that I think is really immaculate. I was like, okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> you know, and and me being a big kid, I always imagine myself if I had these superpowers, what I would do with it cuz you know, some of their superpowers are you know, really cut and dry. You can only use it for like one thing, you know, but they find inventive ways to utilize it for other things. And I'm like, wow, I never thought about that. I was like, that is smart. That is totally, totally smart. <laughs> Absolutely. So if uh, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. Check out uh, Bungo Stray Dogs and, and, uh, Hopefully you will enjoy it. Again, it's an action, mystery, supernatural um, anime series. It has a manga and it has a light novel. Now, typically speaking, the manga and the light, no the light novel is not going to be the same. That's just normal. It's, it's not going to be the same, okay? Um, but I still think it would be a good read either way. And whether you decide to check out the mo the uh, light novel or the manga, I think it'd be a good read either way. I was going to try to pronounce some of these <laughs> names and such like that, but I didn't want to butcher it. So I do apologize. So I'm skimming over some of it. But, uh, you know, they have a healer. I wanted to mention a healer because her ability to heal stems off of if the person is close to death or not you know what I'm saying is close to you know kicking the bricks you know what I'm saying <laughs> and so if the person doesn't have a serious enough injury she would have to get them to that point in order to in order to heal them totally hey did you get that <laughs> and so that's why it was it was hilarious when she was first introduced into the uh, series. You know, she was healing someone and the person was screaming no and this, that, and other. And I was like, why is he so, you know, what's wrong with being healed? Then once it was, I think it was four episodes later when they finally explained her healing ability or the stipulations to her healing ability. The person that she's healing must be on the brink, you know what I'm saying? And, and if they're not, she have to be able to bring them to the brink in order to heal them totally. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and with that being said, I mean, she's a great, uh, she's part of the, uh, armed detective agency because of her powers, you would think that she would be a part of the gang, you know, the Tokyo gang that they're always fighting. You know, it's like, nah, she's on the other side. Like, nope, nope, nope. She's a good guy. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, and uh, speaking of Nakashima, you know, the first series, 
Um, he's kicked out of his orphanage. As I mentioned before, he thought that a tiger was chasing him and killing his loved ones and such like that. Excuse my language. Um, and uh, deleting his loved ones and such like that. It was like uh, he was on the verge of starving to death and he meets, you know, a strange man, which is Dunzai, trying to delete himself. And and uh, he, he's underwhelmed by, you know, this dude. But later on, you realize how smart he really is because he already Dunzai already figured out that the tiger and the kid was the same person. You know, even I wasn't sure. I had my thoughts, but I wasn't sure that it was the same person because he was like, it's chasing me no matter where I go. And it was talking about, you know, the father that treated him all mean and everything and just was dogging him out and doing this, that, and the third to him. And, you know, but, but as it progressed, you begin to realize that the father which is a, the clergyman uh, wasn't being mean to him. It was look, he was looking out for him and protecting him against himself <laughs> because he didn't know that he was a tiger, even though the, the father knew that he was the tiger and Dunzai figured that out in like no time. And then once he came to the, to the realization, Nakazima came to the realization that he was the tiger it took a while for him to uh to take it in you know because he was like you know he couldn't believe it it took a while for him to, to like absorb it like oh my god i am the tiger that i'm running away from so no matter where i go that's where he is you know <laughs> and the father uh the clergyman was giving him clues in regards to like letting them know that he was the tiger because i think at one point he said like no matter where you go that's where it is. No, it, it, and they had a name for the tiger. I can't remember the name they call it, but it was like no matter where you go, that's where it is. Where, wherever you go, that's where it is. And it was like, and he was saying, "Oh, it's gonna find me. It always finds me." You know, and I, and once you, you know, at the end of the story, you're like, "Yeah, it always finds you because it is you." <laughs> MyFitWatch.net. You see me say it so much time, so many times. Um, it's my online store. Uh, you, you can find uh, Team Firehawk supplements there. I use it. Uh, multivitamin. Um, you can find uh, all the merch there. You know what I'm saying? Got to get the merch. And uh, you can also find um, all kind of items and stuff there that, that, you know, just will support the uh, the stream, the company, the, the whole night, the movement. Every, everything you know so it's just a pleasure and an honor to be able to present to you myfootwatch.net okay so thank you so much for your support all right